What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. I am the Martian, joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy. And this week, we're going to be analyzing the UFC London card going down this weekend. First international UFC fight night in over two years. It's going to be great to have the crowd back in London, England. And I'm pretty excited for this card. What's your level of excitement like, and how are we doing this week, Ozzy? Uh, I feel I feel good about the card. I mean, you know, it, it's good to have, especially given that it's a, a time difference thing. So it's nice to have something, uh, you know, just change up like that. Have an earlier card as well. Um, you know, in terms of the fight card, how they got it, how they have it booked. Not, you know, I'm not jumping out of uh, the chair, you know, for it overall. But there's some solid fights overall. Main event, you know, a heavyweight fight that I think uh, we'll, we'll we'll learn some stuff uh, from it, and you know, they'll definitely. Uh, tango right i think this will definitely be a, a kickboxing fight so uh, I'll, I'll put my excitement at a solid hey everyone for some reason the uh audio cut out during the early portion of this podcast hopefully there's no other problems throughout but i apologize uh ozzy said his excitement level was at a six i said i was a bit uh higher than that i was looking forward to this card a lot should be a lot of fun fights and it is the first time there's a fight night uh outside of america with a crowd in over two years uh besides the fight island ones and ozzy then bumped his excitement level up to an eight and he said he was really hoping for a dry herbert to win uh pull off the upset to hear his act and that is where you are about to jump back in. That fight later ends because I just love this guy in the post-fight uh, interviews and the rest of the the Brits too. So I'm gonna bump it up because uh, because the British fans over there and their accent. There we go. There we go. I'm hyping up the card already. And just real quick before we get into last week, just a quick recap of last week's UFC. I scraped by 0.8 units profit, but managed to uh, you know piss it away on the Mads Brunel fight and in, in Bellator sadly, but still. Uh, minuscule profit on the UFC for me and uh, our best bet parlay. Uh, my leg lost, your leg won the uh, inside the distance on the main event, and uh, your bet on uh, Alex Pereira money line won. So, how was your uh, your week overall? Yeah, so not 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 the best week for me. I was unfortunately on the receiving end of that comeback uh, KO by uh, Azamat, or it wasn't that much of a comeback KO. Obviously, it's one one, but. Uh, you know, live line definitely was into Fon's favor. And then that Dolce fight, I was like, are you kidding me? And for that to happen, like, not back-to-back, but those were, like, you know, two of the first three fights. It was just awful. But is what it is. Um, you know, the I, I think I'd make both bets again at plus 175 and uh, minus 130 or so. Um, Damon, you know, really came through. And, uh, and just a little bad read on, on the Jillian fight. But, uh, but overall, just over uh, a little over four units down. Um, like I said, a little bit of that variance. I think I'd make all those plays again. I like that over in the Caceres fight and then a small sprinkle on him. So I'd make all the bets again. I'd just probably be a little heavier on Damon and maybe a little lighter on Trevor Jones. But I definitely did think that he uh, just had a power advantage. And if he did more, I think that was a winnable fight. But that knee that uh, that Javid uh, landed in the first round and just some of that damage that he did late in that round definitely changed uh, the fight around a little bit. But uh, but yeah, so not not great there. Mads Brunel laid, you know, a big bet on him at minus 195. That didn't come to fruition. He couldn't get his grappling going. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, that 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 uh line closed like minus 260. So I think I'm still making good bets. Little little variance string here uh, between that Dolce fight, uh, Tafan, you know, uh, freaking Kennedy, not Kennedy, yeah, Kennedy, a bunch of like just little bad 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 uh, beats uh, here and there. Um, but I think it'll reverse course and uh, st- still uh, up a good bit. And, you know, it's March now. So having my best, d- doing my best non-MMA uh, 
betting betting wise uh, in a while now. So uh, still looking forward to it, and we'll keep chopping away at uh, on the MMA side. For sure, though. But after it's you pretty know, long. Sorry. If, if you get like one or two more losing events, I think you got to change the handle to Aussie NBA after that, though. For real, for real. Maybe NCAA or, or B ball B ball Aussie. <laughs> um. All right, so let's get into these first uh, fights. We got uh, 12 fights as of right now. The Nathaniel Wood-Vince Morales fight is off. Morales pulled out of that fight. It looks like they're going to find a replacement for Nathaniel Wood, but we won't be analyzing that one on the podcast. Maybe we'll we'll send out a tweet or something. Did uh, they say any any guys that are potential for that, or they just said, hey, we're going to get a... Davy Grant threw his hand. Uh, I saw hand. that. So curious to see if you know other guys could get into the uh, London in time but uh hopefully to see you know uh, nathaniel would stay on because it's so brutal if you like cut cut all that weight and then you you know you can't fight you know it's just terrible for your body so hope he gets uh someone else yeah also apparently there's a cage warriors card with a few potential candidates on that one too so i think they'll get a replacement we'll we'll uh, send out our our picks and analysis of that one when it's finally announced but first fight should be an interesting one we got a you know pretty highly touted prospect uh muhammad makayev as the minus 365 favorite cody durden plus 300 on the comeback uh how about you start this one off ozzy what are your thoughts on the you know highly touted prospect makayev yeah, super highly touted prospect. Um, don't know too much about. I mean, the background. The background to me kind of irrelevant, just because I see the skills and you know the way this guy fights, and you know this guy's tenacious, very well rounded. Um, is uh, you know, can throw punches, loves throwing kicks. I saw him hurt a few guys with kicks, up, kicks to the body. He'll throw it to the head. His wrestling is. I would say pretty top notch. It's just like the aggression uh, that he has. That, you know, even the, the few times that I've seen him put on his back, he's immediately looking to come up. You know, on, onto the legs and, and and reverse position. So it looks like a gorilla strong. This guy looks incredibly strong to me, uh, and and his cardio looks pretty good to me as well because he he's definitely uh, put in put in a few rounds uh, in the bank. So you know at twenty whatever twenty one twenty two however old this guy is he's he's a legit prospect for sure. Uh, Durden, you know his last fight I thought I thought it was solid. You know I was against him in that went to the split. I thought he lost, but. You know, he he definitely looked a little bit better to me, but his cardio still is, I think, the biggest fault for him at this weight class. I think Muhammad can just uh, keep increasing the pressure that is consistent here uh, with strikes or with the grappling. And eventually, I think Durden is going to start relenting some positions. Uh, and, and I see a finish coming here on the ground. So uh, Muhammad, I think, definitely a good uh, like DraftKings play. I think people will definitely be owning him there, uh, and I would favor this to be to to be inside the distance because I think Durden is confident as well, and he will engage and uh, he won't be able to help but uh, sap his ga- gas tank because Muhammad will be able to counter him as opposed to his last fight where um, Ayori, you know, it was kind of just all defensive, just looking to get up and you know work his way back up. Muhammad will, they, they, these guys will scramble around. I think it'll get uh, Cody a little tired, and I think Muhammad eventually finds a finish on him. Yeah, I was. Uh, I thought that uh, Makayev wasn't quite as good as I was expecting. You know, a lot of uh, talk about this guy, but you know, just watching some of his recent fights, uh, 
you know, he fought decent opponents. You know, they these guys, um, you know, unknown guys, but they had, you know, solid takedown defense, had really competitive fights uh, despite losing. And I think both of his, you know, recent fights against Hussein and uh, the Irish guy, I forget the guy's name, O'Driscoll. Um, I think both of them looked better than plus 300 there. And, you know, Durden does come from that wrestling background, all-American wrestler at one point or Maybe not. He has the tattoo though, so you know that he, he can wrestle a good. He's like high school high school lot of all American, something like that. But I don't know how many guys get that moniker in high school, but yeah. What state is he from? North, He's North in Carolina? Georgia. He's in Georgia. Oh, okay. Uh don't think that's too high level of a wrestling state, but um uh, so yeah, Durden, I think he can compete well in the like, the wrestling exchanges, but I do think that Mokayev definitely has the better transitional work in the grappling, better jujitsu, you know, does have a good top game, uh, does that, you know, Umar Nurmagomedov thing where he hits that takedown and just transitions to the back take really quickly right after that. Um, but I'm actually kind of going to disagree with Ozzy about this one going inside the distance. I mean, I'm not confident in this one to go the distance, but it, I would be looking to play this one from an overs perspective, from like a starts round two, starts round three perspective. I mean, starts round two is a minus 250 on DraftKings. I mean, that that puts a, a first round finish at 30% here. I think I think Durden can hang around. I think that he can, you know, make it to, to at least round two. Um, I mean, Mokayev has, uh, hasn't really just ran through his competition so far as a pro, has had some fights that went longer. Um, but, you know, I think Durden will look better than plus 300 at times here, but I just don't see any way that he can actually get the win um, because he, he doesn't really have good striking. He, uh, I mean, Mokayev looks pretty uncomfortable at striking range, uh, but I don't think Durden is going to be, you know, landing a whole lot of consistent shots, especially with Mokayev's just tenacious wrestling pace. Anytime the Durden's going to land some shots, Mokayev's going to, you know, shoot in for that takedown. And if Durden can end up on top here, I, I don't think he's got a great top game. He wasn't holding uh, a down uh and i don't think that he's gonna hold makayev down either so you know i guess i do see durden at, at a little bit uh better than plus 300 but i still expect him to lose you know so i'm not interested in betting durden here i would say look to play starts round two starts round three um but I could see Mokayev pulling away late and getting that late round finish with how much Durden slows down. So maybe look for some round two, round three sub props uh, for Mokayev here. Uh, and that's going to do it for that one. Um, you know, we're skipping the, the wood fight next. Uh, then then that goes to the women's strawweight division. We have Corey McKenna here as the minus 237 favorite, Elise Reed plus 202. Um, so I think, you know, you got to look at these these fighters' most recent results and you know look at how that's influencing influencing this line here because mckenna got a very lucky decision over k hansen widely regarded as you know one of the worst decisions of 2020 and uh at least reed came in on short notice fought sajar eubanks a former bantam weight uh you know very short notice fight uh, at her non-natural weight class of, of 125 and she got demolished there. So I think the market is low on Reed because she just got demolished by a bigger, you know, better woman in Sajara. And I think the market is, you know, too high on McKenna considering that she just got that lucky decision win over Kay Hansen. So I think this is going to be a buy low spot for at least Reed. I, I mean, McKenna is a grappler. She, she does not look to strike at all, but she's kind of, you know, frail, a little physically weak, you know, definitely a, a skinny girl, you know, a Reed, I don't think is going to be much stronger, but 
I, just, I don't know. I think McKenna at minus 237 in the UFC is, is just wacky. I don't see her covering that that price at all. And I think that Reed should actually be the better striker here and the more comfortable striker. And uh, Elise Reed um, against Hillary Rose showed some decent defensive grappling, defended some submissions there, you know, looked okay in the grappling. So I think Reed is live here. Uh, and then there are also some props I like for this fight. Um, Reed decision only on DraftKings plus 200 and also the fight to end by submission plus 550. So for a fight, a uh, low level women's fight that I expect to have a lot of grappling, uh, plus 550 is pretty good uh, for that ends by sub prop. So what are you thinking here about this strawweight fight? Ozzie? Very interesting line there that you mentioned there. I, I think I'll, I'll hop on that as well. Um, because I mean, it's a very interesting fight to me in the sense that, like you said, the dynamics playing into it, the fact that McKenna hasn't fought in too long, um, and then the fact that, you know, the Kay Hansen fight, you know, the reason that McKenna wins that fight is because Kay Hansen is very open to being on her back, and she's, you know, uh, at one point has the, the back control and kind of gives it up to go for that arm bar, uh, and, and then other uh, points in the fight where she accepted bottom position. Whereas Elise Reed, you know, she was forced into the bottom position by Sajara. And, you know, uh, knowing Sajara, it's not the first girl that uh, she put down uh, against her will. But let's, I don't want to get into that too much. You know, Greg. <laughs> was that a domestic? Yeah, okay, <laughs> Greg, okay. Greg, 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 Greg Hardy's <laughs> gone. And, you know, hopefully Sajara is as well. We got to get rid of these people. But, yeah, so uh, Elise Reed was on bottom because she had no other choice. I think that she actually, if you look at that uh, Jasmine fight, like you mentioned, does she get, you know, out grappled a bit? Yeah. You know, she, she has to uh, uh, bridge her off her multiple times from bottom out but i think she's been working on her game a little bit uh more and i think in terms of the striking i think it's, it's much closer to even just because Corey mckenna she'll throw strikes out there but she doesn't believe even any of them like if you gave her knives instead of her fists and to you know when she's throwing like she wouldn't even hurt someone she wouldn't even stab them uh <laughs> she's just coming really short on her punches uh and it's not her fault because her reach is i mean <laughs> this thing's like 55 inches it's crazy don't know who's ringing my doorbell but uh but yeah so i think i'd, I'd side with elise reed on the plus money side i think that uh probably a good play there um and no. Holy shit! Fifty-eight inch yeah. reach. That is that might be the yeah, shortest crazy. In UFC it's crazy. history. Crazy, crazy uh, small reach. But yeah, at least Reed, you know, she mixes it up. I don't think I think there's so many worse underdog bets that I've made uh, in my life uh, other than Lee Reed. So that plus two hundred, man. You know, I, I think sh sh could she get grounded maybe um, off of like maybe like a caught light kick and, and stuff like that? Yeah, but I don't think that Corey McKenna in terms of advancing position is going to be that big of a threat, but I do, I could see like a submission, like you said, on either side. Um, so I, I, I like that prop that you called out there. And I mean, I just can't get behind a girl like Corey McKenna. It's the grappling upside, you know, is what this is like an algorithm kind of thing. Like, or like people that bet into like sats like that. It's a ground control uh, metric, but you see Vanessa Demopoulos and Kay Hansen are the same kind of girl. They just want to, you know, they win fights using jujitsu from their back uh so it's kind of skewing that in that in that favor and uh Corey, and uh elise reed is not that kind of fighter so is she weak on her back yes but less likely to be wanting to stay there or per, put herself there voluntarily so give me give me elise reed for for a poke 
I agree. Sounds like we're, you know, seeing the fight similar there. Next fight should be a real fun one here. Uh, undefeated Jack Shore probably getting the toughest test of it. No, definitely getting the toughest test of his career against Tamir Valiev. Bantamweight fight. And uh, a lot of action on this fight this week. Timur Valiev, minus 120 favorite. Jack Shore, plus 100. So you think Shore is going to remain undefeated here, or you think he's going to take a very, very interesting fight here uh, between two guys at 135 that, you know, usually I would say is like a low reward fight uh, for both uh both of them are so so they you know have had trouble uh moving up uh the ranks and getting match made for but um yeah you know uh it, it being put together i i like i've been coming around on jack shore i don't want to say i like jack shore but i come around on him a little bit more um his mma grappling is pretty legit he always finds takedowns he is always able to kind of like find little trips and stuff like that uh, to get fights to the ground or, you know, kind of like just work with his attributes. And he's probably pretty strong in there as well. So this guy's a solid fighter. Um, I, I think that uh, he's been underrated a bit uh, in terms of just like people giving him credit for being able to get into the top 10, me being one of them. Uh, in this fight, I do think that he can, you know, originally I was thinking that I'd be on him. Um, I didn't pull the trigger uh, because I just felt that, you know, that plus money would, would stick around. But obviously, it got devoured up. The Brits and the well Wellish people, you know, they definitely get on their Bet365 apps. And they, they back their Brits, man. They back these British dudes. And and there's all, often line movement. Some mistake by my part, but it's okay. Um, so I, I do think that he can get takedowns on uh, Timor. I do think that he, in terms of the boxing, Timor... He he's he's good, but he's not gonna really like blow you out. The reason that he was winning that Barcelos fight is because Barcelos will just let you just be there right at the end of him and picking at you and pick at him because he he always wants to land a big shot. So he's like, all right, man, you know this guy, he's not really hurting me. I'm gonna let him get close, just so little throw his little you know strikes, uh, so then I can hammer him. Obviously, it worked right two times that second round, but um. So I don't really take away too much from that fight because sure, I think, is going to be on the front foot. He's going to be pressuring Timor. He's going to be coming forward. He's going to be looking to get takedowns. Um, and I think Timor is comfortable going backwards. But I think with hometown edge, the fact that I think that on the offense, uh, the sh takedowns of sure will eventually get there. I, th I think uh, later on in the fight, he's going to be able to get him on the ground. Uh, I would side with Shore. Not that confident, but I, I take Shore by decision. It'd be the, the side that I would play uh, in this fight and for it to just uh, go the distance. Um, but yeah, I think this will be a competitive fight, but I, I do think that Jack Shore uh, will win. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning not, towards... Not my most confident pick. I'm leaning towards Valiev, uh, picking Valiev, but here's something I don't get. All right, so... Value of by decision is plus one thirty. Sure, by no, decision no, no. is plus two forty. Yeah. What? What? Well, I think that they haven't be, they haven't adjusted the prices since the the, 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 the money all the shore money in. all the shore mm -hmm. money. Yeah, they have. So. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I don't. I don't so that's a good bet. That's a good bet to make. Yeah. You know, at plus two hundred, sure decision. Forty. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, two forty. I don't anywhere anywhere north of two hundred is great bet. Yeah. Like I mean, the, the margins are really thin for both guys in this fight. I don't see either guy, you know, winning emphatically. Uh. You know, I like what you were saying about Timur. Just he has some decent striking. He just doesn't really, you know, land a whole lot of damage. And, um, you know, I th I feel this is going to be a very close decision for either guy. You know, that goes the distance here, minus two twenty. Uh, you know, probably could be close, probably could be a bit wider, honestly. I mean, this one seems extremely likely to go to the decision. I think both guys just will nullify each other a little bit. 
And I think we're going to see a lot of cage pushing, a lot of grinding against the cage, and just not yes. a whole lot of scoring yes. being done. So I, I see this one being a really close decision. And, you know, in London, you got, you got the hometown fighter, even though he's from Wales. Uh, you know, they're definitely going to be cheering for, for uh, Jack Shore in there. So, you know, I guess I do see a path for Shore just winning the fight on hometown, uh, you know, enthusiasm and whatnot. Um, but uh, Seymour Valiev's takedown offense is actually, you know, very good. If you go back and watch the Magomedov fight from PFL, you know, just really good uh, balance takedown defense. He does get briefly put on bottom. He hits a butterfly sweep to get back up to his feet. So, you know, the guy knows how to defend takedowns. He knows how to get off his back. And I just don't see sure establishing like a dominant top position. And that's why I think we're going to see a lot of the the cage pushing, the clinching, you know, the, you know, just one guy holding on to the other from like the body lock from the back and knee and the thighs and whatnot. So I don't expect a good fight. Exciting. Here. Yeah, not not going to be a good fight, but but Jack Shore is like UFC competition has been incredibly weak. I mean, three. I mean, none of these guys are in the UFC anymore. Actually, you know, Shalinian is, but he came in on short notice, and I don't even know why they signed that guy. Um, and Hunter Azure probably gave him his toughest fight. They 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 cut Hunter Azure. So I don't know. I'm terrible not a decision. Big terrible Shore. decision. I've been, I've been I've been doubting Jack Shore for for a while, um, and uh, you know I'm not I'm not too interested in, in betting value here at, because of those concerns I have over the decision, the hometown, you know, enthusiasm and whatnot. But you know, close fight, I'd say Shore decision is probably the best bet to be made, um, and that's going to move us along to next fight, uh, amazing fight here, incredible light heavyweight division nikita krylov uh the, got the power of the ukraine behind him taking on paul craig plus uh excuse me uh nikita krylov minus 184 paul craig plus 159 so i know i told you guys that the the you know the fighting spirit of marion miraz was flowing through her veins that night that's why you know we picked and bet her um but i'm not really believe in in Nikita Krylov uh here in this fight you know there's a big difference in price obviously we're talking plus 180 versus minus 180 so um you know I, I see Craig I see Craig getting the sub honestly I, I think that Nikita just loves volatile fights you know he he enjoys grappling he is oh, he's he shoots offensive takedowns um pretty often and I just think his fights have a lot of grappling in them and I think that uh he he fights a little dumb you know a little reckless and I think that I just see him you know putting himself in a volatile position and, and you know getting something caught here um if you watch the the Krylov fight against uh, Glover Teixeira, you know a lot of grappling in that fight. Um, obviously, you know Glover a better top position, a better wrestler than uh, Paul Craig, but Paul Craig is still a very opportunistic grappler, can snatch submissions from all angles, and you know. Krylov was in a lot of bad positions there. He got mounted. He got his back taken twice. He was in two guillotine attempts. He was in a deep armbar attempt. Uh, he got submitted by Jan Blahovich on the mat. So I just think that Krylov uh, puts himself in really you know risky positions on the mat. And I feel that at some point in this fight, Craig is going to find a way to snatch an arm uh, for an armbar, a triangle, uh, maybe even a guillotine of some sort. And I, I just see Craig getting the finish. Huh? Uh, you know, uh, our boy Jonah pointed out a crazy line here, and that is uh, Paul Craig, no scorecards. Uh, it was plus 190 an hour ago. It's already down to plus 170. It's plus 180 on DraftKings. Uh, I just see, I don't see Krylov finishing Craig. You know, I, 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 I think that if Krylov wins, it'll probably be um, via decision. And, uh, you know, I just don't see Krylov finishing. I think that Craig is the more likely to finish with that sub. Craig's sub at plus 450 is a good line. Um, so, 
you know, I'm interested to see what you're thinking here, Oz. Do you got any faith in the Bear Jew? Uh, I mean, what I what I do find funny is, I mean, I would only, I think, back Paul Craig here because what you say about Nikita, I mean, I've been a fan of Nikita Kirilov. This guy is well-rounded. He has a lot of skills. He could throw kicks. Um, obviously, right, like that head kick at Herman was insane. He's got, his ground game has been getting better. Like, he's like a super meme guy in the fact that uh, if you look at his record, like most of his, losses are like by a submission but he's been getting better on the ground he's been initiating uh the ground contact more often and you know i think this guy's continuing to get better he's a finisher he's a killer um but i don't think laying juice on a fight that's like it potentially is volatile because craig craig uh paul craig is a, a guy who he just doesn't give a fuck like you know so he'll he'll go for like high high risk stuff he knows how to conserve energy because he's like a weasel he's got like that brazilian um that brazilian gene in him you know what i mean like where he he knows how to just like stay just there um and then be able to strike when the moment's right and if i learn anything uh is you never you can never um count out a guy that has two first names Okay, so you can never do that. So the fact that Paul Craig has had all this success in the UFC is not really that surprising to me. That being said, in terms of a pick, I would still have to pick Nikita just because I think the 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 stand up and the fact that uh, if he does fight somewhat intelligently, I think that Paul Craig uh, is going to run into a big strike potentially. But if Paul Craig could convince Nikita to uh, grapple with him. Uh, I think we will get an exciting fight, and it, it greatly raises the chances for uh, Craig to 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 get that submission that uh, you're hoping for. What's the Paul Craig submission lineup? What is that? Is it like four fifty? Yeah. So I think anytime Paul Craig fights, if his uh, submission is under twenty uh, percent, you bet it. So yeah, we'll go with that. So and the, and that no scorecards is good. Um, I think Nikita, but I think Nikita could definitely knock him out. Though I think it's crazy to not think that. Uh, that he could KO him. Paul Craig gas, like his gas is like imagine if that uh Shogun fight, if he was fighting Nikita, Nikita would finish him. So yeah, I think uh, I don't know. I think the striking gap is you know probably closer than most people think. Craig's striking is getting better. Yeah, but I think not, Krylov doesn't doesn't have a whole lot of process, just kind of swings hard. What were you gonna say? I just feel that Paul Craig, his striking looks good in like very small moments and then Mm-hmm. So I think in an extended fight, like Nikita, Nikita definitely knock him out. So and good yeah. fight. Good but I mean, fight, Nik- but... Nikita's fights always, always have grappling. Like who, the last guy that he like outstruck to win was like outside the UFC, Fabio Maldonado, but uh, Blahovich got taken down, submitted there. OSP was back and forth grappling. Uh, so was Teixeira. He dominated Walker on the mat. I guess Ankalaev was the only striking fight that he really had. Um, so I mean, he looked good enough. I, guess... I thought. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, next fight, heavyweight division. We have uh, Sergey Polo- uh, Pavlovich uh, making his uh, UFC comeback here. Hasn't fought in about two, two and a half years. Taking on Shamil Abderhimov. Uh, Pavlovich minus 288. Shamil plus 248. What are you thinking about this heavyweight fight here? Not thinking much about it, uh, to be to keep, to keep be frank. Um, you know, Sergey. I looked at him a little bit before his first fight, his fight with Alistair Overeem. I think I concluded that he was a fraud and Overeem would demolish him. I believe it was a long time ago. Um, and then that ended up happening. So 
I'm not sure what's going on now. I mean, he's training with Ale- with Volkov, um, but I just don't like the guy um, overall. I mean, these heavyweight kind of this uh, type of he- heavyweight fight is not are not the ones for me. Don't like uh, getting too involved with them overall. I was thinking the over could be interesting between these two guys just because. You know, Shamil got caught at the end of those punches by Dawkins, like literally at like the tip of his chin on a few of them. So, and and it was like a a, um, a speed thing, which I don't think uh, Sergey will will have the same advantage. He might hit harder than Dawkins, but not as fast. Um, and I think that we could potentially see these guys clinch up a bit, especially in this big octagon too. Uh, you know, I think that uh, they might move around a little bit, and and Shamil might look to engage grappling. But uh, but yeah, I don't really care about this fight. I'm not gonna bet, play either of them on the money line. So I'm more interested in Ozzy, and uh, you know I like Shamil a lot. And anytime a guy is getting a bunch of first round knockouts and they haven't really faced much adversity, I- I'm looking to, to to fade him. Obviously, it worked last week uh, with my boy Drew Dober, uh, you know, defeating the fraud McKinney, and. Uh, I got some faith in Shamil to get it done too this weekend. I mean, it's hard to be, you know, extremely confident in the guy 40 years old, obviously coming off a knockout loss, um, coming off two losses in a row. Hasn't really won a fight in almost uh, three years here. Um, but, you know, he did knock out Marcin Tabura, did defeat Andrzej Arlovsky before that. I mean, so like the guy, you know, just a few years ago was, you know, a very capable boxer and, you know, a, a solid maybe fringe top 15 heavyweight. Um, and, you know, beating beating Arlovsky and beating, you know, Tabura, you know, certainly better than anything that Pavlovich has uh, achieved in his career. And Pavlovich, his knockouts in the UFC, Marcelo Goleman and Maurice Green. I mean, it doesn't get much lower level than those guys. And, you know, uh, Shamil doesn't have the initials MG either. So it's a whole different fight. Uh, Russia versus Russia here. And uh, obviously, you know, you got to be very weary of Pavlovich, you know, just bum rushing him and getting a knockout early like he typically does. But I don't know. I just don't see a whole lot of good technique from Pavlovich. He's a good athlete. He's aggressive. He's powerful. But uh, I, you know, that's nothing new for Shamil here at heavyweight. And I think that Shamil is, you know, probably the the more skilled boxer. Uh, And, you know, maybe if he can extend this fight a little bit longer, maybe he can catch Pavlovich here. Um, You know, I'd say his chances are are closer to like 35% than, uh, you know, 28, like the odds indicate him. So uh, I like, you know, Shamil for a poke, Uh, his knockout, Shamil knockout a plus 800 too. I mean, it's a, it's a heavyweight striking fight and one guy's knockout is plus 800. You know, I'll, I'll take a poke on Shamil there too. So I've got some faith in Shamil. And um, that's going to take us next fight, featherweight division. Uh, kind of a head-scratcher fight here for me. Mike Grundy, minus 181. Makwan Amir Khani, plus 156. So Mike Grundy getting a lot of action this week. And I'm not sure I necessarily agree with it. I mean, I think that he is the justified favorite. I think minus 150 would be a bit more uh, appropriate. But, you know, people are betting Grundy hard here. Um, you know, he does have that that hometown advantage. Uh and I do think he is the better striker than Makwan. He's definitely the more damaging fighter. I mean, Makwan just does no damage when he's fighting. He doesn't throw hard strikes he, on the feet. He doesn't throw ground and pound at all. He's really looking to take you down and submit you. And that's all he really has. Um, so, like, in, in his fight against Cam Kirk, for instance, he, you know, had those takedowns. He had the top time, but he just wasn't doing enough on top. And he ended up, you know, getting, uh, losing that decision. So, um, I, I think that Makwan's, 
path to victory here is much, you know, thinner than Grundy's. He needs to get takedowns. He needs to keep those takedowns. He needs to submit uh, Grundy or win two out of three rounds for a decision. While Grundy can win the striking, uh, he, or he should win the striking. And I could see even uh, Grundy getting some takedowns, getting on top here, maybe keeping Maquan on his back. Um, Maquan has been put on his back a good amount. The Arnold Allen fight's a good example of that. Just a back and forth grappling fight there. Um, so I understand, uh, you know, the action coming in on Grundy. I do think it's gotten a little out of hand, but I'm also not interested in really betting Maquan. I, I don't think he's, you know, a great fighter. And I just think that he's probably going to need a sub here um, if he's going to win the fight clearly. So Maquan by sub plus 500, not bad. Um, actually plus 600. And another prop here, Grundy by knockout plus 850. Uh, you know, Maquan's been dropped by Jason Knight. He's been, you know, hurt multiple times. Uh, and Grundy hits harder. He does, he throws more ground to pound. Uh, he was talking this week that his dad has cancer or something. He's going to be cage side and he wants to put on a finish for him. So, you know, not a bad stab on the, the hometown guy by knockout at plus 850. He does have a knockout win in the UFC too over Nad Nermani. So uh, what are you thinking here about this one? Um, I mean, Mike Grundy, this guy's not getting better at MMA. Uh, so I think this is probably one of his last fights in the UFC. Like, if he loses this, he'll, he'll, he'll never be in the UFC. The, the, there won't be another UFC fight. So I can see why, you know, you're kind of, like, just doubling down. Just throw it all in there. Like, dad, you know, what, whatever. You know, anything to motivate him even more, just fuck it. Put it, throw it in there. His dad could have had cancer, you know, for two years, for all I know. But the other fact is Grundy never fights. This guy, right, he fights, like, once a year, uh, if that. So I don't know where where his head is at overall. He throws some strikes with power, like you mentioned, that he whatever can you know lands harder, whatever was damaged. But it just does. There's no feel behind it. I think that like he's just kind of like throwing it, you know, and kind of without uh, much thinking about it, which could work against. Uh, Makwan because Makwan will like throw a, a cross out there and kind of like you know leave his chin out there before pulling back. So I think he could hit him potentially, but at this price, I I think I I don't like. I think I love Makwan Americani just like on the value side of things. Like you know if these guys are grappling, like Makwan could just why can't he just box like move around? Like yeah, he doesn't throw that hard, but he throws he throws kicks. He, I think he has a more active jab. So on the volume side of things, I think he could like be out ahead of uh, Grundy. If, and Grundy's always just shooting for takedowns. And you know Malquan has a pretty good front headlock uh, to finish chokes. Obviously, Grundy's aware of it. He, he, he knows the same chokes as well. But if I was to, to pick a side here, it, I would definitely be on the, um, on the Malquan side. I just think that... On the feet, southpaw, right? This guy hasn't fought that many southpaws. Jabs, all right. You know, could throw a left hand. Has fought some better strikers, more powerful guys at uh, 145, like Edson Barboza. And then he could take Grundy down himself. And we, we don't know anything about Grundy on bottom, right? So uh, I think I would I, I would actually side with Maquan. But this is going to be a trend. Like, I'm fading all the British guys. So I'm, take, I'm going against every one of them. Very risky. Um, but that plus money now, like ooh, when it was Pickham or whatever, obviously, you know, nothing. But at, at plus money, I, I think I like Mach 1 here. But not a big, it won't I be mean, a big Grundy bet, was, just like a normal Grundy, bet, just because I just think Grundy's a fade guy. 
It's like, you know, he's going to be that. He's just a fade guy. Like, even that uh, Nadner Armani fight, it's kind of like a hectic fight. He doesn't fight a lot. I just don't really believe in him overall as a fighter. So I'll fade him. Yeah, I mean, Grundy minus 145 on Sunday and now minus 181. I don't see where, you know, that extra 5% is coming from. But, um, Enough about that one. Next fight, you know, one of your fights you're looking forward to. First fight in the main card, uh, lightweight division. We got Ilya Taporia taking on Jai Herbert. Taporia minus 500. Herbert plus 375. You got any faith in your boy to pull off the upset? I mean, Jai Herbert, you know where you're going to get with him. You know, you know he's going to throw punches. He's going to be in the fight. He's going to be trying his, his darndest. Um, but that Moicano fight, it just looked bad in the sense that um, it was just so easy for Moicano to track this dude down get his hands around him and once he did have his hands around him like the get up ability is just not there and i don't think it's coming i don't think jai herbert's gonna learn how to do it so you know the the best case scenario here is that uh either one jai herbert clips uh Tuporia while they're swinging because yeah i mean Tuporia's is not scared to box with him you know i think he's a solid fighter but um i do think that he'll be able to take jai, jai herbert down i do think once he is there this is the issue with Taporia. When I think he loses, is going to be a time when he's going to take a guy down maybe maybe once, like the guy gets up or, or, or something happens, then he gets another takedown, and then that's the point when he, he like jumps on one of those submissions that he likes going for or throwing a bunch of ground and pound, and we'll see where his conditioning is at if he can't or if the guy can defend the, the choke and you know get make his way out of it. Um, but I, I do think he'll, he'll eventually take Jai Herbert down. And once he does, I mean, <laughs> I think uh, it's going to be pretty easy to to grab a hold of this guy's neck. So I, I, I'll pick Taporia um, by uh, submission. I don't know what round, but what, what's that pay? What's that pay? What's the submission prop? Is it like plus uh, any plus money on that or no? I th- plus 125. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, that's my pick. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's hard to put any faith in in Herbert with how bad his takedown defense is. Not only is his takedown defense bad, I mean, uh, you know, what's his face? Um, Moicano got him down with multiple takedowns. Just every takedown he attempted, uh, Herbert just had little to no resistance. Same with Francisco Trinaldo uh, in his first UFC fight. And not only is he bad at defending takedowns, once he gets taken down, he just has no concept of getting guard or, you know, stopping a pass. So he, he was just getting mounted left and right by Moicano, getting his guard pass, giving up his back. And I just don't see any way that he's going to be able to avoid that versus Taporia. Unless Taporia, you know, fights really stupid and, and tries to test his striking. And maybe, you know, he does, you know, rip to the body with those nasty body shots that he got Damon Jackson out of there with. Um, you know, how good does that win look too? With how good Damon Jackson's been doing the past few fights, uh, you know, Taporia's win over him just continues to age better. Um, but I do think this Taporia hype train is getting a bit over, over, you know, over the line here, uh, like you're saying, I do see Tapuria losing eventually, uh, you know, pretty soon, probably in his next like two or three fights. Uh, I just think, you know, the, the people are overrating how, how good this guy is. He hasn't really fought the quite great competition enough to be, you know, touting him as like the next big thing. And also the 155 weight class, that's going to be a problem. I do not see him as a natural lightweight at all. And he needs to get that, you know, weight cut under control, get back down to 145 because he's not going to fare well at 155 here long-term. So 
if you like Herbert, just take him by knockout, knockout round one, knockout round two. That's the only way he's winning the fight. And uh, Taporia is probably going to submit him in the first two rounds. So Taporia sub plus 125, not bad. It, it'll probably win. You know, Taporia doesn't throw a whole lot of ground and pound, and he attacks subs from all different angles. So Taporia is probably going to get the tap. And that's going to move us along. Next fight, women's fight, women's flyweight division here. We got Molly McCann taking on Luana Carolina. Molly McCann minus 140, Carolina plus 120. So I only have one official bet on this card so far, and it is on my girl Molly the Can McCann. And I think that, uh, you know, she's just going to win the fight on aggression, enthusiasm, volume. Uh, I think, you know, she's uh not necessarily the better striker of the two but she she's just much more aggressive and she she comes forward she eats punches she's really durable and she's just going to be non-stop walking carolina down she's going to try to mix in some takedowns we have seen carolina taken down before but carolina's past two fights her past two wins against botello and against um your girl lupi godinez uh, they all both like had the same, you know, analog where I think, I think Carolina got taken down and lost round one of both of those fights. But then in round two and three, Carolina just started stuffing takedowns and the fight got stalled against the cage. Nothing is happening. And then Carolina slightly edges those last two rounds by being, you know, the bigger, taller woman knee in the body a few times. And I guess I could see a similar thing happening here. McCann getting stuck in, in the clinch with those takedown attempts and her just getting kind of clinched against the cage. But, you know, the crowd is going to be going crazy for McCann. She's been in the UFC for several years, and I think she's pretty well known to the British fans. Trains with uh, Patty Pimblet as well. So the crowd is going to be behind her big time. And in a fight that is minus 330 to go to the, to the decision, I like the hometown fighter. I like the fighter with the wrestling, the takedown upside. And I think I just think Molly is much more aggressive throws more volume and she's gonna you know steal this decision uh 29 uh, via enthusiasm so i like my girl can here uh what are you thinking about this elite level fight it's gonna be hilarious i mean molly mccann i've been laughing at her fights like since she was signed i was just like man is this like her name's meatball um she's from i mean the, the accent she's just a classic you know she's gonna be a legend there'll be a statue somewhere in england of molly the can mccann uh eventually um <laughs> so i mean what i think about this fight i mean carolina <laughs> she's she's bit me a few times because i mean this girl can't even do a push-up um is like you know has lost in like hilarious ways right that knee bar right the fact that she's the only girl to ever uh knock down priscilla cachuera uh bombed her with a kick i mean that plus money though Honestly, don't hate it. And Molly, I mean, Molly sucks. Like, she's not good at MMA. She's not a good fighter. But like you said, she's aggressive. She goes forward. You know, she'll move her head a little bit uh, while she does throw these punches. But the issue that I'm having is that Ji Yoon Kim or or Kim, you know who I'm talking about, uh, has no power. So Molly was walking through her punches. Like, it was kind of crazy. She was just taking them on the point of her chin and no, literally no effect. Uh, so I, I don't know why I was surprised that uh, Catchwera couldn't do that either. Such a dumb, dumb read on that fight. But anyway, so I did, I I did that, call. I did kind of call that. I did call that. anyway. No, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Okay. You can go back and listen. Congrats. Pull up the receipts. Congrats. You should bet on it next time. So anyway, the um, 
Damn, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, so I don't think that's going to be the case here. Uh, Carolina is not accurate with her hands, but she could throw like push kicks, front kicks, knees. I don't think that Molly's going to be able to uh, get easy takedowns where then um, Carolina is just staying on her back. So I think it's going to be a tough fight for Molly is at the, the end of the story. Um, at minus one, four, like you can't think about it. You're laying 40 cents, 35 cents to get a win with Molly McCann. It's just not, I just don't think that's good. Like, you know, people, pe people can, you know, say, Hey, this juice is worth it. Blah, blah, blah. It's just, I don't think it's a long-term winning play to be on any kind of Molly McCann juice, just cause you don't know if she could grab, is going to be able to work the grappling. And if like the best case scenario is this girl just slugging it out for fucking 15 minutes, with a girl that's how many more, how much more reach? Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I just think there's better places to invest. Um, and yeah, that's where I'll leave it there. Um, but I would, I mean, if this price goes up more, I'm gonna be interested in in Carolina because I mean Carolina, I don't know there's something about her. <laughs> I haven't figured it out yet. But if I if I need to get paid while I'm uh, trying to figure it out, I will. I'm telling you, these juice cards have been running a bit wild lately. And, you know, the UFC match made this card with, you know, the expectation that the British fighters are going to have a good night. And I don't think that. Yeah, but they match made Loopy or no, they didn't. Who was Loopy replaced? Yeah, it was short, very short notice. Um, Fuck, whatever. And, and that but, was. Uh, I mean, you're probably right. Jajara, I, I mean, I should avoid. Yeah, I, I. No, I don't think it was that. It was. I should just avoid this fight. I should just avoid this fight because me, Molly. The, but the fact that. Who who's better, Carolina or Kim? Kim for sure, easily. In a fight against Molly, though, in the context of a fight versus Molly, I th I think Kim won against her uh against McCam. But like I and, said, and you also sh you also should consider this is the bigger cage. That is true. Right? Where Molly, you know. Was coming for I don't know. I just feel Carolina, she could knee this girl in the clinch. She could do the same thing that she did in terms of the knees and stuff to uh Loopy, but even more to Molly. But I'm not I can't be that strong on this fight. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just never playing Molly at juice. So. I like I said I said this to you uh off air, but Molly McCann, I don't see her losing in London. That British crowd gonna be going crazy and at as in she's already lost in London, bro. Mm, not that I'm aware of. Uh, actually, let's see. Um, no, she beat Priscilla Cachoeira by decision in London. I have. I don't even remember that fight. Did she like take her down in that fight? Um, I don't remember either. I remember Cachoeira had a lot. Cachoeira fucked her up then. in round uh, three, and remember her whole eye was like a swollen, like it was a meatball. Her eye was uh, a meatball. Uh, um, but uh, yeah. Uh, moving on. Welterweight fight. Gunnar Nelson is back. Takashi Sato is back. We have of Gunner. Gunner minus four seventy five. Uh, Sato plus three seventy five. Uh, very short notice fight here. It was supposed to be Gunnar Nelson versus Tiago Alves. No way. Uh, no, Claudio no. Silva. Claudio. Yeah, Silva. right, right. They, okay. <laughs> he said Tiago. Tiago Alves throwing bare knuckle, bro. You know, you're. Are you even a knuckle? Fan? Um, are you even knuckle, dude? Hey, I'm. A, yeah, I, I am. I'm one of the best. Yeah, that, one that, of the best that, handicappers that, in the world for anyway, bare knuckle boxing. But it was on. It was on topology. Line? Minus four seventy five plus three seventy five. All right. So fat price on Gunnar Nelson. I love this guy. I mean, this guy has. You know, was kind of one of the guys uh, carrying the flag for jujitsu. Like, I, 
was like kind of like a crossover, like one of the first, not first crossover guys, but like a, a guy who um, wasn't a Brazilian who like had some, you know, success on like uh, Abu Dhabi and then uh, was going over to, to, to MMA. So definitely always followed Gunner, always a, a very unique style, right, that he brings, right? He doesn't really chase takedowns, you know, that much. He's comfortable in that kind of like Conor McGregor style, karate, you know, hopping in and, in and out you know, Steven Thompson-esque uh, stance. Um, but, you know, I would like to see some more movement by him because I think that he could be, I mean, I think he could be a lock for top 10 in the uh, in the welterweight division. Chill. If he did incorporate, if he did incorporate, you forget because you're you're a little casual, you know. Um, you forget, like, what Gunnar Nelson really can do. But, yeah, if he inc- incorporates a little bit more movement, I mean, do you remember, do I need to remind you that this guy, what's his called? What's his name? He beat, uh, Leon he beat Albert. Where, 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 where he left, where did that fight ended up? Leon Edwards covering up bottom mount um, under Gunnar Nelson. Gunnar Nelson would have cooked him if it was a five-round fight. So, you know, if Gunnar can get up to a five-round, you know, main event kind of stuff, you know, he's going to go far because he's going to fuck a lot of these guys up. But before I was interrupted, like I was saying, um, this guy is incredible on the mat. Uh, he he just has a really good understanding of guard passing. Uh, you know how to control hips, like w- where are the 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 areas that you should go for to control. Um, and then on the feet, like I said, good good range striker. Um, can move in and out. Has some good you know good hand combinations. Right, he can he can land with his hands or his feet. Um, but my issue here with the price that he's at is that. You know, Sato and him, they could not cancel out that much, but if Gunner is not looking to pursue the takedown, I don't think Sato's going to engage at all in any kind of grappling. So then you become very, like you're drawing kind of thin on this inside the distance or like Gunner props. So I would actually maybe like very sneaky look at like an over in this fight or for it to go all three rounds. Um, because I think Sato, he, I mean, He's just taking this fight to try to stay in the UFC. I don't think he's going to press that much um, because I know that he, he probably respects the uh, ground game of Gunnar Nelson a lot. So that would be my sneaky play on this. What is it? Over one and a half, right? Probably. Yeah. What minus is, uh, 145. Minus 145. So that is, you know, I'm not jumping to do that just because that is like decent juice for the fact that this could be on the ground. Uh, for extended portions in round one. But I don't think Gunner, I think Gunner is going to look to get his feet under him. So I would look at like an over and then really try to throw the needle, needle with a, a Gunner round three. So, but I'm excited to see Gunner Nelson back. This guy is really good. He could, I mean, he, he could easily beat Dio Magni. Like, do you even know who's in the top 10 of the UFC, bro? Like, he wouldn't on. take down, he wouldn't take down Neil Magni. Yes, he would. He, t- he he would get Neil Magny down. Either I way, think I think his know. wrestling is is pretty weak. Um, you know, definitely we'll definitely see, great on top. Anyway, definitely we'll great see. on top. Like I mean, he is le- really good on top. Um, but you know that 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 striking karate style of his is not good. He needs to ditch that. I wonder if he's still training at SBG. Do you know that? Because if not, if that is, that'd be a huge red flag. Um, but, you know, Takashi Sato stinks. Uh, the guy's got a good straight left hand. He's powerful, but a terrible defensive grappler and really has no other way to set up his left hand. Like he, he just throws the left hand right down the pipe. And if it doesn't land, he has nothing. He doesn't have a jab. He doesn't, you know, throw a lot of kicks. 
And he's been taken down and stuck on bottom versus uh, Franca. Uh, Bilal got him down multiple times and submitted him. Baeza took him down and got a pretty much an instant back taken rear naked choke. So the guy is, uh, you know, just a bad grappler, bad wrestler. Um, and I, I don't like the over here just because if Gunner gets on top in round one, you know, for more than 60 seconds, I mean, it's going to, I really think that Gunner, that's all he needs is one minute to, to, you know, get the back take at the rear naked choke, maybe arm triangle on top, something like that. Um, and I just think that, uh, Gunner is going to finish the fight. Um, I'll, I'll save my, my criticisms of Gunner Nelson for a later date. Uh, you know, I don't know what the hell the guy's been doing for the past two and a half years, just, you know, taking some time off. Uh, I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that he will run through Sato here, get the sub. Uh, I think that the inside the distance here is going to hit on this guy. I do see Nelson finishing the fight on the floor at some point. And, uh, you know, I think that there's a good chance he looks like a minus, you know, 900 favorite in retrospect. So uh, Gunner, you know, pretty safe parlay piece. If you like Sato at all, just take him by knockout. There's no other way that he can win the fight. And uh, that's going to do it for that one. Next fight, which should be an electric fight. Paddy the Batty Pimblet is back after an amazing UFC debut. Uh, Rodrigo Vargas on the other side. Kazula, we got in the line for this one. Uh, Paddy Pimblet minus 500. Uh, Rodrigo Vargas plus 375. Um, so... You know, obviously, we were, we're going to be skeptical of Pimblet coming into the UFC. The guy does have a lot of red flags on his tape. And, you know, I, I had, you know, a little bit of faith in Vendermini, but but not really. Didn't embed him there. I just thought that Vendermini was too bad on bottom uh, for me to trust him. But the fight didn't even really go to the floor. I think Vendermini was the only one who got a takedown there. Uh, but rewatching the fight, you know, it, it was a, a hilarious fight. Really fun to watch. I mean... If you you just kind of avoid being a skeptic for a while and avoid criticizing the guys, you know, sloppy technique. Patty, extremely fun fighter to watch. Electric on the mic. Great post-fight interview. And, uh, you know, I'm just excited to see the guy fight again. Uh, I think that they're matching him up pretty well here. Uh, I think that, you know, you want to see Patty get some, uh, a few wins under his belt against, you know, low to mid-level competition before really jumping him up. Uh, you know, it was a rumor that he was going to fight Jared Gordon. Obviously, we would have been all over Jared Gordon there. But hopefully, uh, maybe Patty can get another two wins and then we can get even better plus money on Jared Gordon when the time comes. Kazula um, Vargas, not a bad fighter. Uh, you know. Competent striker, uh, competent wrestler, and everything as well. I think his his you know t his takedown defense and bottom game isn't very good, and he probably will run into to issues with that here. But are we even sure that Patty's gonna elect to to grapple heavy here? Because obviously he's coming off a, a first round knockout. I think that there's a good chance that he just elects to strike here, and I think it's gonna look a hell of a lot closer than minus five hundred for Patty Pimblet in the striking. It's probably gonna look like. I don't know, 60-40 for Pimblet, maybe even 50-50, honestly. Um, maybe even advantage for Vargas. I mean, the guy is not a bad striker at all. You know, just out outstruck uh, Zhu Rong in his last fight. Um, so, you know, I have a little bit of faith in Vargas here. Uh, I think the line will continue to, to blow out. So you might as well just wait and maybe, you know, stab quarter unit, half unit on Vargas when the fight comes. Um, but, you know, I do see, you know, Paddy getting his hand raised at the end of the day. If he if he fights smart, which he rarely does, and and looks to grapple, he he could cover his price tag here. Uh, but, you know, uh, again, like I, like I was saying with Gunner earlier, I'll save my legit skepticism of Pimblet for like a more, you know, opponent that I'm more confident in. But uh, what are you thinking here? You have any faith in Vargas? Um, I mean, I think most of the faith in Vargas would be uh, 
into the fact that maybe he can press the grappling first, like offensively, and Patty maybe goes for a submission or, you know, can defend the takedown and kind of gets caught up. But I think with uh, him being in the States more, he's been uh, getting ready at, I think in California, he's been working with, you know, some judo guys, some, some pretty like uh, the same, same kind of guys that, uh, John J. Wilson, J.J. Wilson over in Bellator is working with, which obviously that dude is getting taken down a bunch in his last fight against this Russian. But uh, but yeah, he's working with those same guys. So I think his grappling game will uh, continue to improve, uh, especially transitions uh, from it. So because of that, that's why I do think that he will actually look to grapple uh, at some point here. You know, and, and my pick would be for him to get like a rear naked choke uh, here against Vargas. Vargas is a little, the, the issue with him is, even though he's not a bad, uh, that bad of a fighter, he's a little timid. I feel like, you know, even when he th- is throwing his, his strikes, they come out a little short. Uh, when he th- is wrestling, it's not always like, um, like he's not always uh, chain wrestling off it. I mean, the, the Brock Weaver fight, he did come out pretty good there. And this guy has been training with a lot of good guys. Like, you know, f- f- consistently, he's training, I think, with Cowboy uh, at his ranch. Uh, I even saw him, like, with the Russian guys for a little bit. So, I mean, I'm not touching Patty. <laughs> like, I think if if you need a, a parlay guy, like a four to one, I'd probably rather play Taporia than, I mean, mm, let me not put that oh, on Brenner. record. Yeah, let me not put that on the record and say that. But yeah, Gunner. I would definitely play Gunner over uh, Patty. Like, Gunner's so experienced. Like, this guy, like, I don't even need to explain why that would be the, the definite choice there. But I, I think Patty's in submit Vargas at some point and, you know, rock him with a punch and, you know, take him down or have him on the ground and then just, you know, be looking at advance to the back. So I'll trust his grappling here. And, you know, I might have a little stab on uh, him by uh, submission, but. I can see his fight going over as well because Vargas, um, I don't know if he's, he's yeah, he's not going to do what Luigi did. Like, <laughs> Luigi's an idiot. Like, he heard him and he's like, okay, yeah, let me take him down. Let me take him down. So, you know, I could have, and then doesn't do that much work and then he's tired. So, uh, Vargas, better cardio, you know, so I think uh, he might be more inclined to go into the fight wanting it to go uh, later. Uh, Vargas KO plus 700. I mean, not bad for a guy with bad defense. Uh, but, you know, like he said, he's a scouser. He doesn't get knocked out. So um, next fight, co-main event, best fight on the card by a gigantic margin. Arnold Allen taking on Dan Hooker. The line right now, Allen minus 125, Hooker plus 105 on bet online right now. Is that It's been at pick em. It's getting action on both sides. It was at one point uh, Allen minus 150, and you know Hooker got action the past few weeks. You know, Amazing fight here. Uh, you can start this one off. What are your thoughts on Dan obviously, Hooker's return to featherweight? Yeah, obviously this is a fight that the only fight I really paid attention to that much on this fight card. Um, you know, Allen, I've been, I actually did bet him last time against, uh, Sadiq and it, it took a lot of, took a lot for that to come out of me and, you know, take the plus money on him, his side. And I was skeptical up until like the whole fight because, uh, his, just his volume is not there. Like he's a good boxer, but he only throws like in very short spurts. Like he's not a guy that he'll consistently be throwing a jab or, um, you know, setting up his, you know, taking space away and setting up his, you know, next attack. Uh, you know, he'll be on, he's like comfortable taking the back foot uh, pretty often. Doesn't throw a lot of punches while he is going back. He'll throw some, a few, but not that many. 
uh, he, you know, that's why he could get grappled a little bit. He hasn't really fought many wrestlers either, which is like a red flag to me. Like nobody's really ever looked to to take him down that much, except for like maybe Mads Brunel. That's what actually got him choked, and ironically, what got made him lose uh, this last fight. Now going for the takedowns, motherfucker, cost me five grand. But <laughs> fucking, it's not, uh, not funny at all. No, it's not funny. It's not funny. But um, yeah. So Allen and and like the takedowns that he goes for, like he goes for like this thing where he has like an underhook on one side and he kind of low-key grabs the fence with the other hand and then he trips you like he like does like an outer reap with his leg and pulls you down that shit ain't working on fucking dad hooker i think that in the clinch dan hooker is gonna start busting him up if they do get to the clinch like i just think like strikes wise like he just is more dangerous and uh alan's not really gonna want to be there but my main issue is one like i said this guy goes in the back foot pretty often Two, he doesn't throw that man, that much volume. Um, so I can only look at Dan, the Dan Hooker side, honestly, here, because I don't think the upside for grappling is there for Arnold Allen. Um, and I, I like his cardio, he even sold down in that Sadiq fight, and that wasn't that much that high pace of fight. Obviously, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the uh, wake up for Hooker. Not great. Don't like seeing, you know, the fact that he's looking so thin. But I've been, I'm, I've kind of gone on to the side that, fuck it. If these guys think that they could get down to that weight, he's been in Vegas plenty. So I'm assuming the PI people are like, yeah, you know, I think you you, you can do it, right? It's been a long time since uh since he did it, but I'm going to assume that he can. And, uh, and yeah, I'm going to assume that his cardio is going to be on point. That's uh, the other main issue. But that gets negated by the fact that, I don't feel that Arnold Allen is that strong in the third round. So I feel like Hooker is going to be coming forward, throwing his straight strikes, throwing his kicks, and he's going to be just a totally different fight from anyone that Arnold Allen's ever fought. Like, it's just going to be – like, you can't even – if you're, like, look, trying to think about it, you can, it's hard to predict and analyze, in my opinion, because you really haven't seen uh, Allen fight any kind of guy like this, whereas you kind of have with Hooker. So, you know, I, I, I'll, uh, I'll back him. You know, as a as a short underdog here at this weight class, and if we lose here, I mean, this is like a good bet. I think no matter what, you are you are playing into some variance. But like I said, because Allen's not that active, like how sharp can he be? You know, it, it, like how used to the cut is like he only does this cut once a year. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Some stuff could be come come afoot. He's he's fighting in London, I think. For I don't know how long he's how many times he's done that but he's driving all over the place over there he he like travels like three hours uh very often uh one way on some of these training trips so yeah I, i'll go with dan hooker uh to press the fight and uh win a decision i think i like the over here i think hooker I like is over. undefeated in london uh let's see he's he's lost one time oh wait it wasn't he lost one time in cage warriors in london um but in the ufc uh undefeated in london um so I think you know, how, many the fight, how many times did he fight in cage or oh, no, don't worry. I'll, I'll look that up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, you know, I think the fight you, you really gotta, you know, be skeptical of this, of this fight concerning the weight cut. I mean, I think it's hard, uh, to be co super confident in either guy here. I think, uh, you know, 55% is the most you can really cap either guy at here. I just don't see, I mean, it's a competitive fight, two really good fighters, uh, I think they match up really well with one another. I don't see either guy, you know, blowing one another out. Um, I think it's going to be a 29-28 decision for either fighter. And I am leaning towards Arnold Allen winning that decision. Um, 
one thing to, one thing to note that I just learned actually, you know, uh uh Allen, you know, had a good first two rounds against Sadiq Youssef, then round three just started grappling really heavy, had a bad round three, didn't really throw any strikes, lost the round. Uh it's it's because apparently he broke his hand in round two of that fight against Sadiq, and that's really why the output, the aggression dropped off. And you know, he won the first two rounds pretty comfortably. So uh he he hurt Sadiq twice there. Um and, you know, that that win aged really well over the past weekend. You know, Sadiq putting on a good performance against Alex Caceres. Uh, I think that, you know, I, I'm a, I've am been saying this for the past few weeks. I'm a, I am a big believer in, you know, the wins aging well and bad and whatnot. So I think that, uh, you know, Allen's last win has gotten even better. And, you know, Hooker, I think people are thinking about Dan Hooker. They have Dan Hooker at lightweight in their mind. And it is without a doubt that, Hooker was a significantly better fight a fighter at lightweight. You know, not only was his his technique, his skill improving along the lines, he also um Hello? Am I still recording? Are you still there, Ozzy? Yeah, I hear you. Oh yeah, sorry, I just had some weird noise in my headphones. Um so obviously Hooker has gotten better skill wise, but the 155 weight class was just so much better for him. I mean, not having to to cut that weight, he was able to have a better chin, very durable, was able to pressure a lot more uh, recklessly because he had that durability to lean back on. Um, and if you look at all, if you look at Dan Hooker's wins at, at 145 before he moved up, I mean, they're they're nobody. Um, so. I don't think that you can rely on all of the good attributes of lightweight hooker dropping down to 145 here. I don't think he's going to be as durable. I don't think he's going to be as aggressive with his pressure. And I think that we're going to see a bit more timid uh, Dan Hooker than we're used to with that weight cut. Uh, now, then in terms of who's on the front foot and back foot here, I think that uh, Arnold Allen is the much better fighter on the back foot. So even if Hooker is pressuring forward, I think that Allen won't be completely uncomfortable in that big cage moving backwards and, you know, attacking Hooker with a jab. And, uh, you know, I do see, like I said, I, I really do see it being a close decision. And I am leaning Arnold Allen here around 55%, but I'm not going to be betting on money line side here. I think the goes the distance here is really the bet to be made. I mean, you know, what, Ozzy, what, what do you, what, what do you cap that goes the distance at in this fight? Um, I mean, I, I would think that this goes the distance, like at least 70% of the time. I mean, it's minus 142. Have you, have you, have you seen that line? I mean, yeah, I mean, th that is strictly on the basis of, I think, the Allen, you know, cracking his chin, but I don't see it. I think Dan Hooker is coming to fight, and I don't really think uh, Arnold Allen is that accurate. Like, he kind of just throws shots. He, like, flurries, you know, a few times. Like, watch that Gilbert Melendez fight. Like, he's just, like, flurrying after a little bit. And like I said, this guy does not fight that often, so he's going to finish Dan Hooker. Um, Hell no, he's not. I don't. I really don't I mean, think he's finishing. Uh, I mean, he's only he has two finishes in the UFC. They're both uh, submissions in round three. Um, and I mean, the guy is just a decision type of fighter. I, I don't see. I don't see uh, Allen finishing unless Hooker's chin is just really you know shot at one forty five from this weight class. Uh, that's the only way I see Allen finishing. 
So, you know, Hooker, my, uh, no scorecards at minus 140, honestly, might be not too bad. Um, but I really think the goes the distance is the best bet to be made here. It's it's an, an elite level fight. I'm really looking forward to it. Both I like both fighters a lot, and I can't really, you know, see enough confidence to be betting a money line here. But like you said, I'm capping the goes the distance at 65, 70% easily for this fight, and the odds have it at under 60. So I think I'll probably end up with, uh, you know, at least a 1.5, maybe even a two unit bet on the goes the distance here. Uh, I just think there's a lot of value there. So I, I like Allen by uh, 29, 28. Um, that's going to take us to the main event. We're already done the card. Uh, main event time, heavyweight fight. We got the the prospect, the, uh, the Brit, Tom Aspinall, taking on the Russian, Alexander Volkov. Tom Aspinall, minus 126. Alexander Volkov, plus 106 here. And uh, I'll start this one off. Um, you know, I've been skeptical of Aspinall in the past. Uh, obviously, bet against him uh, with Spivak, my man, Sergey Spivak. Uh, bet on the over there, too. You know, some rough double loss on Aspinall there. Um, but, you know, Aspinall's wins in the UFC, I mean, uh, three of them have been just complete walk in the parks. You know, Spivak, Badeau, and Collier didn't land a strike, and Aspinall just demolished all three of them. And, you know, he did look good in those those uh, fights. Uh, he hurt Arlovsky really badly. Started to get a little close towards end of round one. You saw that he's not really a good pocket boxer. He can get clipped with punches in the pocket if a guy's, you know, willing to bite down in the mouthpiece and exchange with him. And Arlovsky was starting to have some success towards the end of that, uh, the end of round one, start of round two. And then uh, Aspinall just, you know, bulldozed his way to a takedown and got that weird no hook rear naked choke. Um, so that's definitely the best win of his career, Arlovsky. But even in the way that he did that fight, I mean, you know, he, he tried to get Arlovsky out of there. He swarmed Arlovsky with a big combination of punches, but he couldn't get him out of there. And then you did see his output, his gas tank start to, you know, suffer a little bit as a result of that. And the guy has only won a fight outside of round one, one time. And that's that Arlovsky fight. Uh, the other two times his fights got out of round one, he lost those fights. Um, so the guy is, to me, is clearly a, a burst and finish type of fighter, a guy who just, you know, comes at guys hard in round one, hits him with some strikes. And if he can't finish him, you know, it's going to get really squirrely for him in those later rounds. Uh, now. I do think the guy is a good offensive striker. He does look promising as he's throwing his strikes. But I mean, like I said, it, against these lower level guys in these easier fights against the fights where he has no resistance. Sure. He's able to throw good strikes and demolish guys, but he's going to be in the toughest fight of his career here against Alexander Volkov. I mean, the toughest fight of his career by a pretty gigantic margin. Uh, the only other, you know, replica or, um, comparable thing is Arlovsky. And there's a pretty big gap between Arlovsky and Volkov. Um, so, you got to think that the later this fight goes, the more and more it starts to favor Alexander Volkov. Like if, in round one, sure, it might be a pick em type of fight. Round two, I think it starts to get to minus 200 Volkov. Round three, minus 300 Volkov. And then it just starts getting more and more in the favor of the more experienced fighter, uh, the better fighter in terms of winning decisions, being late in fights. Uh, you know, just a wealth, wealth more experience uh, for Alexander Volkov. Uh, Volkov's takedown defense is good, so I don't think that we're going to see any offensive takedowns from Aspinall here. And I, I just don't trust Aspinall to get that finish in round one, round two. And I think that I don't trust uh, Aspinall's ability to win rounds. Uh, I don't trust him to look good outside of those big bursts of offense. And I think this is an easy, easy spot for Alexander Volkov at plus money. I think you got to be on Volkov here at plus money. I, I do think that um, 
round one live bet after round one, you know, could be the better option. Obviously, you mitigate that risk of Aspinall coming out and finishing him early. Um, but I mean, the the tide of this fight could turn by the end of round one already. So if you're risking, you know, waiting towards the end of round one, you might already miss the boat on that Volkov plus money. So I think you got to have some money on Volkov plus money and then look to be adding on that live line as the fight goes. Um, so. I like Volkov here. Uh, I, I'm sure you're thinking along the same lines, Ozzy. Uh, what are you thinking about this? And, you know, what do you think about what I said about the pre-fight versus live? Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I'll tell you right now, Volkov uh, is, is going to be my best bet of this week. Uh, so I am going to be betting him uh, pre-fight. I just think that, you know, the line's just screaming to me that Alexander Volkov is, like, easily the side. Um, can Aspinall maybe uh, ice him in the first round? Absolutely, definitely. This guy has power. Like I said, he's kind of accurate. He has good timing. He's like bouncing in and out. But the cardio dynamic and the fact that um, the volume that um, I think is going to take to actually knock out a guy with a rock head like uh, Volkov is, I think, just too much at the end of the day for uh, for uh, Tom Aspinall. Um you know, obviously, could he land in that first round? Yeah, like I said, he's got good timing. Volkov is slow, takes him some time to to get going in a fight himself. So, uh, so he is a good candidate to get to get knocked out in the first round. But other than that, I think he can build a lot better. I think he could throw these kicks out there that uh, Tom Aspinall has uh, not really had to deal with uh, as he's fought in the UFC at all. And I'll tell you, it's uh you know, a big deterrent. It's just like super annoying when, uh, when you're not used to a guy throwing kicks and then he's, you know, you know, just throwing, throwing them things, uh, nonstop and, and, uh, without, without too much, uh, uh, fear of the ground or getting taken down or whatever it is. So, yeah, I mean, I think Volkov is going to be able to start turning up the heat here. He, he just has way more gears, right. That he can go to, uh, whereas Tom Aspinall, you know, he obviously only has one gear, um, or one that he's shown, uh, unless he is on the gear now, uh, but I don't think so. So, so yeah, I mean, I think Volkov's just going to be able to chip away at him, uh, you know, throw the jab. Uh, he'll probably have to eat a few solid punches to the face, um, so he should probably, uh, you know, look to maybe be a little bit more conservative early, maybe uh, look to bust out the, you know, inside leg kick, you know, and, and really attack with the push kicks. But, yeah, I mean, I, I just I, – I think I'd probably hedge maybe a little bit with, like, Aspinall round one KO – I, I see that at like seven to one. I think that's a pretty good price overall. But other than that, I mean, I'm all Volkov. Like Volkov would probably be a pretty big bet for me. Just you know, you got to do it. I feel like this is like a position I need to you know have. And the fact that it's going to plus money, like, is there something I don't know? Let's see. Let's find out. But I mean, I think this line movement is kind of egregious. So can't can't let that ball go by without hitting it. Yeah, well, I mean, one criticism of Volkov is his last fight against Tabura. People said that he did look a little slow, and and you know, I think he did. I think his cardio didn't look as good as usual. But I mean, the man still won a thirty twenty seven against Martin Tabura. Like, if if that was his off night, like the guy is still a very sharp fighter. It doesn't seem so. You know, you you come off of uh, what it's like two main event fights, right, and then a loss to the who's the the new champion, right? Right, Gone was a champ by then. Or no? No. Yeah. No? No, that was... a Volkov fight? That was... Uh, there was June. It took... June of 2021. He won... Yeah, he, he fought... No, I'm saying... No, I'm saying... 
the next fight. Oh, right. Tambora fight. Gone was champion, right? So, you know, you just went from a main event, you lost the champ, and now you're in like Abu Dhabi, you know, fighting Tybora. It's not that, you know, it, it's probably his level of interest is probably a lot lower. Uh, you know, I, I think I you, you backed the guy with main event experience here. So, for sure. And, um, Kind of reminds me of Chris Dawkins versus uh, Derek Lewis. I was obviously on the wrong side of history there, but you got a guy who's four quick finishes in the UFC, literally the exact same thing, three first round finishes and one second round finish versus the guy with the way, way more UFC experience, five round experience, all that in Volkov at plus money. Um, so I hope to right the wrong this time and be on the right side of history with the Russian Alexander Volkov. You said your best bet is going to be Alexander Volkov, right? 100%. Yeah, without a doubt. I'll go. I'll go goes the distance in Allen Hooker. How about that? How about that? Let's, let's do this on FanDuel because that has the best goes the distance line, minus 142. Only plus 100 on Volkov available right now. You put them together, plus 241. The other one I was considering was Gunnar Nelson inside the distance, but I think I like the goes to distance even better in this Hooker Allen. Um, so that'll there be it. Go. That'll be it for the podcast this week. Hope you're all able to uh, get some good information. Uh, enjoy our analysis. Should be a really fun car going down to London this week. We're back next week from uh, Columbus, Ohio. Another fight night with a crowd. It's really going to be great to get the crowd back in these fight night events. Any closing thoughts, my man? No, we're in March. NCA tournament starts tomorrow. Remember, fill out your brackets. Who's your pick um, to win the whole thing? Uh, the only ticket I have. Uh, well, no, that was a, I was going to say a lie. My pick to win is Arizona, uh, for a few reasons. But uh, primarily, but I got them early, fourteen to one. Just think they're the best team overall. Like when they're clicking and going together, I don't think the them missing their uh, point guard is going to be that much of an issue. I think the other guys are more than capable. So I got Arizona number one seed, uh, 14 to one. I added at like 12 to one, 10 to one, nine to one. I think they're like seven to one. Now I still Plus think five fifty. I see. Well, you could, if you shop around, you'll be able to find seven to one. I think so. It's the, tra- I mean, it's the pick everyone's making. It's kind of square now. It wasn't back in the day, but, uh, back in the day, as in like two months ago, but, uh, but yeah, I just think that even seven to one, kind of fair with their region and stuff. Like they'd have to play Tennessee, who beat them already. But Tennessee is kind of like way more defensive. I feel like I don't know. I don't even know if Tennessee's gonna make it there. So yeah, I think Arizona. I like Texas Tech. Also, maybe come out of that Gonzaga. Re- I, I, I'm gonna fade Gonzaga. Don't believe in them as much as uh, the metrics. And uh, and and yeah, like Texas Tech a little bit more. But uh, but yeah, so Arizona for me as my future to uh, cut down the net. There we go. I hope I hope somebody was able to uh to get some good info on that because I I, I unfortunately just don't care enough about. I don't know anything I don't about I mean, game. look, I'll be honest. I'm not the best with the brackets obviously, but I've been having oof this tournament season. Oh boy. But uh, He knows but yeah, his ba- you watch up. a lot of basketball. You know what you're talking I'm, about. Dude, I'm I but anyway, let's wrap it up here. All right, so uh, UFC London going down this weekend. Hope you all enjoy the card, win some bets. We'll see you all before next week. Peace out, everyone.